highest of heights to the depths of the sea. They knew, and there was no reason now to inquire of Beelzebub. They were going to go to the false god and, and get in- inquiry about how Ahaziah was doing. But now that they run into a real prophet of God, a real man of God, there's no need to go any further now because they heard the truth. And isn't it true that when you hear the truth, that there's something about it, it just rings true in your head. It rings true in your ears when you hear the truth, even if it hurt. All exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All powerful, untamable, all struck with Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Though they were sent to seek a word from the pagan priests of Beelzebub, the word of Elijah persuaded them so much that they didn't follow through on their original mission. This official delegation from the king would certainly not have turned back from their royal assignment just because some anonymous traveler asked them to. There must have been an irresistible quality of Elijah's personality, a forceful spiritual presence that compelled them to obey this stranger, even though they didn't know who he was. Now here's Pastor Rob with the conclusion of chapter 1 in the book of Second Kings you why people hate him because you have to give up your old sin nature you have to give up the old man and most people aren't willing to give up the old man they like smoking dope they like having sex with multiple partners they like drinking and they like doing whatever they want they like cheating on their income taxes they like doing all of these things and sticking needles in their arms they want to continue doing that and god is saying no 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 it's going to kill you it's going to kill you no it's not it's not going to kill me it's going to kill you it's going to kill you no it's not i want to i want to be free from your you know i want to be free from this oppression god that you're telling you're trying to tell me to stay away from something and i want to be free i'm an american well be free you're gonna die right if you really want freedom your freedom is going to kill you real freedom is not that real freedom is being out of the hand of sin out of the hand of the devil Being able to choose. Before Christ came into my heart, I was a slave to sin. And now that he has saved my soul, no longer do I have to do it. Now he's given me the strength to resist it. I'm not perfect, and I I fail uh, at times, and I have to confess it and move on and ask God to forgive me, and he does according to his promise, right? But Ahaziah had crossed the Rubicon, the point of no return. And there is a time for everyone's life. And this is a hard message. It's one I've shared before, but it's true. It seems really harsh for God to say, Ahaziah, you're, you're going to die on that bed. Because you didn't seek me, you sought the false gods. Because you went to them first, you're, gonna, you're not going to get up from this bed. And at face value, you can think, that's horrible. How could God do that? 
Well, there was a time in Jeremiah's life too, and it's recorded for us in Jeremiah 7. Jeremiah is complaining and telling the people of Judah and, and, you know, of their sins and all of their idolatry, and they are not listening to him one bit. And the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim here there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah, who enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, or walk after other gods to your hurt, then... I will cause you to dwell in this place. You see, do you see the conditional promise? If you do all these things, then I will cause you to dwell in this place. In the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever, behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will you steal, murder, and commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and walk after other gods whom you do not know, and then come to me and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I, have seen it, says the Lord. But go now to my place, but I, but go now to my place, which is in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first, and say, See what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. And now, because you have done all these works, says the Lord, and I spoke to you, rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear, and I called to you, but you did not answer, therefore I will do to this house, which is called by my name, in which you trust, and to This place which I gave to you and your fathers, as I have done it to Shiloh, and I will cast you out of my sight as I have cast out all of your brethren, the whole posterity of Ephraim. So by the time he wrote this, Ephraim, or the northern ten tribes, had already been taken captive. And now Jeremiah is pleading with them, turn away or it's coming to you as well. You're going to go into captivity. Therefore, do not... And notice what God says to Jeremiah. And this is a mind blower. Therefore, God says to Jeremiah, do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. Do you not see what they do to the cities or in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem? So God even told this wonderful prophet, don't even pray for them. They crossed the Rubicon, Jeremiah. And only God knows that line. Where that line is in every life, I have no idea. There's no rule, there's no, there's no way to figure this out. But I can tell you this, it's important that we take sin seriously and we don't flirt with it and we take it and we turn from it. Because Ahaziah, his Rubicon had been crossed and that's why God says, there is no hope for you now. You are going to die. And Israel, as a nation, even got to the place where they become so corrupted that, God, that as Jeremiah is praying for them, Oh, Lord, please deliver them from this idolatry. Lord, deliver them from this stuff. And God says, Don't even bother praying anymore, uh, uh, Jeremiah. Because I know them. And they've crossed the Rubicon. 
and I will not hear your prayer. Judgment is coming. And it did. And see, that's a little frightening, isn't it? Is God a God of grace? Yes, absolutely. Does God love you and me? He does. He loves us. And I want you to smile because he really, really adores you. These are the hard parts of the Bible, but we shouldn't skirt by them because if there is anything that keeps me from sin, I, don't, I, want to be, I do not want my sin on me. Jesus said, place it on me. Place your sin on me. Didn't he do that on the cross? I just need to confess it and believe that he'd, he died in my place. Because why? Why is that? Because 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But he's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It even says in Ezekiel 33, As I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? That's God's heart pleading to a people who have been in rebellion. Back in our text, it says, uh, verse 5, it says, So when the messengers returned back to him, he said to them, Why have you come back? And so they said to him, I met this man, and he told me this message. Therefore, you know, you're going to die uh, in, the, in your bed. And notice that these messengers, uh, they knew, and there was no reason now to inquire of Beelzebub. They were going to go to the false god and, and get in- inquiry about how Ahaziah was doing. But now that they run into a real prophet of God, a real man of God, there's no need to go any further now because they heard the truth. And isn't it true that when you hear the truth, that there's something about it, it just rings true in your head. It rings true in your ears when you hear the truth, even if it hurts. Have you ever had somebody tell you a truth that hurt you, but it was true? Oh my goodness, those are the ones that split me in two. But you know what? I'd rather be told the truth than somebody lie to me and say everything's okay. No, tell me what's wrong. It may keep me up tonight. It may keep me on my face in prayer, but tell me and don't lie to me. You know, and so... Verse 7, then he said to them, what kind of man was it? And so he, they described him. He was a hairy man, and he had a leather belt around his waist. And notice, he knew exactly who it was. It must be Elijah. I know him. Unfortunately, he says, I knew him. I, my father knew him, and I know him too. Notice his reputation preceded him. Who was it that came to you? He, he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and he had jeans and flip-flops. Oh, it must be a Calvary Chapel pastor. Sorry, I don't have a Hawaiian shirt on. But then, notice, the king sent 50 to come, and they were going to arrest Elijah. So Elijah's up there on the hill. 50 men come, and they say, come down, we're going to take you to the big shot. Come down, man of God. And Elijah said, well, if I'm a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven. And it does, it consumes them. And this ought to remind them of what happened when Ahab was still alive. Remember when Ahab was still alive? That there came a point where God used Elijah to face off with the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel up in the northwestern part of Israel. And remember what happened with the, the fire and the altar and how they, they, the, 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 the Baal worshippers were trying to get God to, their, their God to light this fire. Nothing happened. Finally, Elijah, 
soaks his altar with water. God comes down, consumes it. Everybody knows that, okay, he's the God that we ought to be worshiping. And Elijah and the people, they slay the prophets of Baal. Now 50 more come. It ought to be it ought to still be resonating in their ears as they sat there. And as soon as Elijah said, uh, if I'm a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume you. If I was those guys, I would be running for cover. But it does. It consumes them. And then the king sends another 50 and does the same thing. And one would think as Elijah is speaking the second time, if I'm a man of God, then let fire come down. You would think that... <laughs> That someone who is, you know, as he's speaking, that, uh, they're, you know, they're looking around and seeing all these men dead, well done from the fire from heaven. You'd think that they would say, you know what, I'm going to obey. I'm not going to push this guy. And so finally... A third captain of of another 50 come. And they say the same thing, come down. And then, and the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with them. Because the men, this third time, they they humble themselves. The captain and all of them, they're like, you know what? We, we, We see the bodies of these men all around us. And we know that your God is the true and living God. Have mercy on us. And God was delighted when somebody humbled themselves. Humility is a wonderful thing with God. He resists the proud, doesn't he? But he loves the humble. And, and that ought to teach us something. Lord, give me a humble heart. I don't think too much of myself. And, and neither should you. you know, we, we, I'm simply a, a child of God, saved by grace. And yet these men thought themselves to be something. But this third group, they bowed to, to Elijah and bowed before the God of Elijah. Notice how God was gracious to the humble man. And God had a hold of Elijah's heart. You know, Elijah wasn't so angry that when God says, go with the man, he's like, no, I'm going to smoke him just like I did the other 50. Of course, he couldn't because God would say, well, it's not going to happen this time. And Elijah's like, his heart was one with God. And don't you want a heart like to be one with God? I do. I want my heart to be like his. Because it's so unlike God. And I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to appear spiritual or humble. No, I'm being honest with you. I want my heart to be like God's heart. Because my heart has still got so much work to be done on it. My heart is still harboring bitterness and hatred in certain areas of my life. And these things need to go. I need to do that. And you know, it's always a good thing just to open yourself up before the Lord and say, Father, you know all things. Just take me. Take all of me and forgive me. And and be patient in the process. Because sanctification is the will of God. Isn't that what 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3 tells us? This is the will of God, your sanctification. Sanctification is a process that takes time. I want to be like Jesus today, but God is going, Rob, you've got so many things to do. If I was to do all that, you would die right now. You couldn't handle what I would do in you. It's going to take time, my son. But I want you to daily 
confess. I want you to daily to walk with me. And little by little, I'm going to change you. I'm preparing you. I'm working in you. And don't be discouraged, Christian, when you fall on your face and when you sin and when you do wrong things. You, you confess it and you get back into the word. You don't let the enemy keep you from God. You don't let the enemy keep you from prayer. You don't let the enemy keep you from Bible study and studying it and then trying to and then praying and saying, Lord, help me appropriate these things that I'm reading into my life and in my heart. I don't want to be the same man tomorrow as I was today. I want to be better than, than I was today. When I wake up tomorrow, I want you to have done something new in my heart, that you'd have done something, and Lord, help me to even recognize it so I can be encouraged. And doesn't he do that sometimes too? He just gives you a little glimmer. Wow, Rob, six months ago, you, when you struck your, 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 your thumb with a hammer, you would have spouted out an obscenity. But now, when you smash your finger with the hammer, you just bleed and grimace. (laughs) I'd rather do that. Ow! God wants to do a lot. And so, quickly, Ahaziah finally comes down with the men. He goes before the king and he tells them, Exactly the same message that he's been saying all along. Nothing has changed. Why? Because Ahaziah's heart has not changed. I almost wonder what would have happened after he came down, and if he came down and said to him, you're going to die, and if that man, Ahaziah, said, you know what, Elijah, I've been playing the fool. I know what you're saying is true, and God, your God, would you forgive me? And I wonder what God would have done. But we don't have to worry about what God would have done. But I believe that God would have healed him. And, and if his heart was changed, it would, it would go for the better. But he came down and he spoke the word of God to Ahaziah. And what does Isaiah say in Isaiah 55? For as the rain comes down as the, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void or empty, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And I love that. That's why the pressure is off of you and I when we go out and share with people. It's not our job to save people. Only the Holy Spirit of God can save a soul. But what are we responsible for? We are responsible simply to tell and leave the results up to God. Because his word is not going to return void. And, um, and so Ahaziah died according to the word of the Lord, which Elijah had spoken. And then because he had no son... Jehoram became king in his place in the second year of Jehoram, the the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. Um, Now one thing you're going to have to understand and be patient with, and and then we're going to end here, because I know it's warm in here, and you've all been hearing me for an hour now. So, Um, As we go further into 2 Kings, one thing you have to understand is there's going to be a period in Israel's history and in Judah's history, where they're going to have a king by the same name. And you're going to see it pretty, pretty quickly, because Jehoram is the son of Jehoshaphat, who was the king in the southern two tribes. And now there's going to be a Joram or Jehoram uh, from the northern ten tribes. And they're going to be living about the, about the same time. And they're going to be, their reign is pretty much almost the same. And so... As you read through Chronicle, or as you read through Kings, and as you 
look at in Chronicles as well, you're going to see the similar names, but pay close attention to which king he's referring to because Jehoram and Ahaziah, both of those two names were kings in the northern two tribes, or the northern ten tribes and the southern two tribes as well. And, and they, they happen at a pretty close proximity to one another. And so as you read, try not to get those confused. And, and look where it says, you know, Ahaziah of Ahab or Ahaziah of Israel. And then you go, okay, so that's not the Ahaziah of Judah. No, it's not. So if you get those straight, because sometimes the names can get a little tricky. And so I've made for you in, um, in the back of the room, there's these two charts, and it's over there by that lamp post. There's two piles. If you've already got this, don't take one, but if you've never received them, feel free to take one of each. These are uh, basically the kings of Judah and um, and also Israel, and it shows a chart, and I've put both of them on here, and they only vary a little bit by like a year or so, not, not much, because the same gentleman, Edwin Thiel, um, who was a, a really wonderful um, uh, man, a wonderful scholar, he's probably done the best work that I've ever seen in trying to reconcile these dates with the kings, and so both of these are on that back uh, table back there. Feel free to grab one of each. But it'll help you as you go along in Kings uh, as well, especially in Second Kings. And you kind of keep track and you can see what's coming next and, and you see the timeline. And then you see when they are led into captivity. And I don't know about you, but that really is exciting to me because I see the grace of God in all of this. You know, I see the grace of God in showing all these things, giving mercy and grace to everyone for the evil and the good. What does the Bible say? He causes his sun to shine on the, on the evil, on the just and the unjust. He causes his rain to fall on the just and the unjust. God loves people. He loves people. And we can learn a lot. We can learn a lot from what we read here. And so uh, why don't we stand together and let's pray. Thank you for your being in a... Is it just me or is it warm in here? It's not just me? It's not warm? Okay, well, I must be the only one. I don't know, there's no lamp on me, but I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt too, so whatever. Anyway, Lord, we thank you for tonight. And we thank you, Lord, for your word and, Lord, how it changes us, how you're challenging us. And, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters tonight, Lord, that you would encourage them, Lord, that you'd strengthen them in the faith, and, Lord, that you would protect them. Lord, that as we, as we read these things, Father, and as the, it, it can be difficult, God, may nobody lose heart, may nobody be discouraged. Lord, I pray that you would encourage every believer here tonight, regardless of what they're going through, Jesus, would you please just apply that balm of Gilead on their heart and, Lord, revive them. And just know that your truth is real, Lord. You are real and, and that you love us and you warn us for our good. Lord, you're the perfect heavenly Father. You're the, you're the greatest shepherd. You're the good shepherd. You're the chief shepherd. You're the God of all creation who loves us. Lord, I pray that everyone here tonight would receive a blessing tonight and tomorrow. Lord, please pour out your spirit upon the church here tonight and and all across our country. Lord, help us to be about your business again and just cleanse us, Lord, and help us to worship you with all of our heart. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a good night.
That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.